episode alert. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is Cinco de Mayo 2020, and I am still locked down at home because I think that is the best place to be, not just for people with diabetes, but for people in general. Look at the science. Trust your doctor. Uh, don't make this a political issue. I don't think facts should be political issues. Uh, the good news is today we have a lightning episode is what I'm calling it because Eric Dutcher is celebrating his 46th birthday today by running 46 miles. Some of you may know Eric by his moniker Chronic Superhuman on Instagram, so be sure to check him out and give him a shout out. He and I were talking about what made him decide to run 46 miles on his 46th birthday. We also talk about the darkness of diabetes and how being isolated, especially as a man and a male figure with some of those old school toxic masculinity traits of having to take everything on yourself and not ask for help, uh, you know, hindered him in the beginning, but his opting into the community has opened up an entire new world for him. So I'm going to leave it at that. Please enjoy this awesome birthday conversation with Eric Dutcher, the chronic superhuman who is currently running all around his neighborhood, 46 miles on his 46th birthday. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We are telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all over the world. And, you know, normally I say all over the world and people are far away, but my friend Eric Dutcher joining us on the pod this morning uh, on his birthday uh, is actually just a couple miles up the street uh, out in, uh, in a little bit north of where I'm calling from right now. So, Eric, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks, Rob. It's great to be on. And today I, I had a, you know, yesterday when you announced your your birthday plans to, and, and I'm just going to just gonna go ahead and spoil it right now for everybody. Today you're running 46 miles on your 46th birthday. And man, yes. I was like, well, I got to have the interview. We got to just get this thing published. This is going to be the first lightning episode. We're getting it published immediately after we hang up. Uh, so that people can uh, can hear your story and, and what you're doing today, and hopefully follow along. Uh, this is a crazy thing, man. You're you're a wild man. <laughs> yeah, it it's crazy, um, and it probably my wife's response when I first told her what I was going to do. She said, uh, "You know, two days ago you thought you might have COVID, and now you're telling me you're going to run 46 miles." So yeah, I, I've had a little bit of a emotional swing as we've been uh, on quarantine. <laughs> Hey, uh, that is totally normal, and I think you're definitely not alone in that. I also have had a few emotional swings. Uh, thankfully, the last few weeks, feeling like I'm crawling my way out of it. Uh, Got to credit the last dance uh, <laughs> as just snapping me out of my creative funk. But uh, yeah, man, I think that's super. Like, first of all, incredible uh, feat. You, many people will know you on Instagram as, as Chronic Superhuman. Uh, this is a superhuman feat. You're, you know, true to your namesake. 46 miles in one day. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. Um, it's it's this concept of relentless pursuit that really has uh, come to me ever since I got out of the darkness of diabetes um, when I got first diagnosed. And, um, you know, I, I know it's kind of some people go, oh, well, yeah, you know, that's a great athletic feat. But um, it's really more about going out and um going after something so big that uh you pursue it relentlessly and you almost forget you have diabetes in the process yeah it's it's really 
you know, you, you sort of are acutely aware of, you know, sort of the physical strain and, you know, the, the task or the road in front of you and really everything else other than pre preparation, obviously with, you know, blood sugars sort of comes second after that. Yeah, it's exactly. And, um, it, it's kind of, you actually learn a little bit more about your body as you go along. Like when I'm running and I start turning dark and, and feeling like, okay, there's no way I can do this or heck, uh, I'll, I'll say it. I, I cry on runs, you know? Sure. Um, and, uh, when I start getting there, then I go, Oh, you know what? Uh, I must have a, a, a low blood sugar and it's time to, to refuel. Um, but you know, the great thing about all of these things is, you know, if we just take the approach that we're human first, and we need to take care of our human things like socks that don't give you blisters and um, fuel that any human would need when you're running and water for hydration and a hat and sunglasses and sunscreen and things like that. Um, if we just take that approach first, then the other diabetes stuff just kind of gets layered on. But I think so many of us, we start with, well, I'm diabetic. How do I do this? Well, how about you're human? How do I do it? And and then just layer the diabetic stuff on top. 100% agree. And I think sometimes it's easy to focus on the diabetes side because it's like very acute, very in your face. You know, we've got CGMs. Uh, you know, m many of us have CGMs uh, and those who don't, I believe, should and should have access to it. And we'll continue to fight for that. Um, but it's, it's easy to forget about the human things like hydration, sleep, rest, sunburn, blisters, uh, you know, just general things that are hard for regular people. Uh, in terms of today's run, ha let me ask you a few questions. A, I, I want to know, is this the longest you've ever run in 24 hours? Yeah, it is. Um, the longest I ran in a day before was, um, 36 miles with Don Muchow when he ran, um, across the state of Texas. And, uh, probably the best item off of that was his wife goes, yeah, you know, uh, you did really well for the first 30 miles. Uh, and so, yeah, it's always kind of a funny <laughs> statement there, but, um, yeah, this will be the longest I've ever done, but uh, I'm feeling really good and really excited because, uh, I'm now down to less than a marathon to go. Wow. So you've already today, how, how many miles have you already run today? 20 and a half. 20 and a half. It's 11 a.m. So, okay, now part two of that question is walk me through the approach, both as a human and as a person with diabetes. How did you approach this challenge? Well, I, I think the the first thing is is I, I, I had the advantage now with um, kind of stay-at-home orders and whatnot um, that I knew I needed to be close to home um, just because everything else is kind of closed. So, um, I said, all right, well, my route's going to be easy. I'm just going to do laps around my block. And, um, so I was able to set up a chair at the end of the driveway with water and hydration, you know, there, um, electrolytes, uh, you know, uncrustables, which are, nice. you know, these pre-made PBJ sandwiches, which are actually great running fuel. Um, cause I've got a combination of protein and carbs and, um, you know, and I think the rest has really just been around, um, mental preparedness. I think it's amazing what our bodies can accomplish when we have the mental desire to do it. And, um, 
you know, yesterday I, I posted this on Instagram today, but you know, yesterday I was going through things as, as I literally made this decision yesterday. Um, the mental preparedness behind it was when I got first diagnosed, the, the very first thing I did, and I was diagnosed at 26, the very first thing I did was look up how long you live um, with type one. Hmm. And I've always felt really connected to my mortality. And on top of that, my father uh, passed away from cancer just a year after my diagnosis at 53. And so there's always been this kind of you know, something is going to happen or, you know, some fear associated with or, or connection with my mortality. And um, but the opposite has actually been happening because of the change of my, you know, mental response to diabetes. And that's, uh, you know, just going out and, and pursuing stuff relentlessly. And um, I'm actually, you know, before COVID. Uh, was in the best shape of my life at, you know, 45. And so 46, it just said, well, you know, all the birthdays are messed up this year. So why not do something crazy? So I honestly, the, the hardest part, Rob, is, has been making sure that I didn't chicken out when I woke up this morning. And and I imagine, you know, that was a pretty early wake up call. But before before we kind of talk about what your day has been like today, um, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of like that sort of mortality thing. And that's something that I have not talked about a ton on the podcast, but, uh, I also, uh, think about pretty, you know, regularly, at least from, from a healthy fear perspective, I try not to worry about things that are not, uh, you know, are not actually scary or are not, you know, actually acute problems. But, uh, I remember about five years ago, uh, there was, I was having a discussion with some friends on Twitter and we were talking about, you know, if you knew when you were going to die, like what, what would that be like? And so I like got on this, it found this like random open source, like death calculator online. And I put in all my like date of birth and my, you know, they had a place for like chronic illnesses and some family history. And it gave me a number, like, it's like a countdown. So you could like have the clock, like counting down to when you were going to die. And it just made me mad. <laughs> I got the number back and it was like, I don't know, 73 years old. It like gave me the day and I was like, God, I'll show you death calculator. You won't get me at that point. Um, which was just a, a weird emotional response. And I ended up like not, it ended up not serving me the way that I, that I thought it would. Uh, so I just knocked it off my my desktop i was like I'm, I'm not i'm not going to uh to, to entertain this anymore uh but yeah it's something that I, I think about often as well like even beyond diabetes i feel like i've got diabetes pretty manageable but there's comorbidities heart uh you know comorbidities is a new word that i've uh you in, inserted into my vocabulary since covid but uh you know heart disease cancer all run in my family high blood pressure so i'm trying to do the things now to take care of those and uh, you know, one thing I think that, that really embodies what you're doing today is that you didn't plan this out very long you, and, and you even were very candid on Instagram yesterday of like, you said you had a run maybe earlier this week where you felt like you were a little bit maybe out of shape compared to where you were a few weeks, months ago. And, and then your boldness to just be like, well, all right, I'm going to run as far as I've ever run in one day. Um, pretty awesome, man. I just, I, I love the, just the metaphor of, you know, seeing an opportunity to go above and beyond and really push your limits in a way that uh, is just, you know, exploring, you know, what you're able to do with your body. And, uh, you know, you're, you know, I think Don Muchow is a great example of, you know, if you set your mind to it, it's pretty amazing what you can do, uh, you know, just by showing up and putting in the work. 
Yeah, and I think for me, it's it's come from a healthy journey through counseling and other things that, you know, at the end of the day, um, there are some things I can do to extend my life, um, no doubt. But the length of my life is going to be the length of my life. Um, and where I've come to a healthy place on it is that I want to live the width of it. And if that means, you know, deciding a day after or actually it was yesterday that I had a five mile run where I really felt like I was sucking wind and and um, really down on the fact that, you know, my training had gone down and, and how things were going that, you know, I could walk through the door and say, you know what, I'm 46. I'm going to do 46 miles. And you know what? I'm I'm almost halfway there, and I have no doubt I'll I'll finish. And you know, there's something in the back of my mind that goes, well, you know, I've never run two marathons in one day, and it's only six more miles. So who knows? Like, <laughs> um, I I'm crazy like that. I love it. I think you know when you it's amazing when you commit to something. Uh, you know, the opportunities that open themselves up to you, right? Like four extra miles is 50 miles in a day. That's a cool. That's a, a nice round number, at least. You know. Yeah. So, uh, kind of back to the tactical of this morning, like it's your birthday, happy birthday. You woke up, the alarm went off at what time and what was your kind of routine to get started? Yeah. So I've, I've kind of gotten a good routine on that. So I woke up at, at five. Um, and the first thing I do is, is put on a temp basil. Um, for me, that's about 50%. Um, and then I, have a uh, cup of coffee and, um, you know, if I'm feeling like it, you know, faith is part of my journey. And so I'll, I'll uh, read the Bible while I'm drinking that cup of coffee. And um, then I kind of see where my sugar is starting to trend up. I was already at about 130. And so the protein shake that I had ready to go, uh, which I would have taken beforehand if I was, you know, in the 90 to 100 range, um, I just took it outside with me and, and really didn't have that until lap through three, but it's really get up about 30 minutes before I start exercise and, um, set that temp basil. So, you know, and then, you know, today different than maybe some of the other days, uh, did you have any, you know, kind of nerves or did you notice any different sort of blood sugar responses from, you know, just getting the, the nerve to work up and, and hit the, hit the ground running as it were? No, um, the the big thing was uh, I was I was challenged mentally immediately because it was windy and rainy uh, when I got out there at at five forty five and started running, and uh, that that combination is is pretty tough. But I'd seen it before; I knew it was going to go away. And um, I I actually funneled my inner Eric Tozer, and he had posted about running and having kids spray them with a water hose to keep them cool. And so I just, you know, tried to imagine the neighbor kids spraying me with a water hose instead of the rain falling on me. <laughs> uh, and, and Eric is a good mutual friend of both of ours. Uh, I got to go on a run with him last November and it was my first real run in maybe three or four months. And I had kind of just been, uh, honestly, I'll look back on it. I'm sure as like my, the, 
I, I was not in the best shape of my life. I guess we'll just leave it there. Uh, that guy is like adding gasoline to like a small fire, man. I, I ran like my longest run of the year and one of my best times and felt really good, uh, you know, just from being around a, you know, super positive influence. So I'm going to have to take you up on that as well. I have to go for, we'll have to go for a run together. I, can, I don't know if I can commit to 46 miles at this point, but, uh, <laughs> You know, I definitely want, you know, there's, there's power of community. So I'm glad you and I are getting able to chance to, to talk today while you're on kind of a break. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned something earlier that really stood out to me, um, the darkness of diabetes and, um, you know, you and I have obviously talked before, you know, about as you were diagnosed, like some of the challenges and some of the, you know, even mental uh, hurdles that you had to overcome. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you were able to do that? I know that you're also working with other people in these same kind of capacity uh, these days, but uh, talk a little bit about what that was like for you uh, when you were diagnosed. Yeah, it, you know, I, for all of us, uh, well, for most of us, you know, we end up, starting in this kind of bright room when we get that diagnosis and, you know, somebody's telling us everything that's um, new in our life uh, and diabetes being the biggest portion of that. And the, you know, for me, the walls really collapsed in and made things pretty dark. Um, And, you know, I, I was listening to, Dave Holmes the other day, and he mentioned something about, you know, um, as men, sometimes we take this attitude that it's all on me um, and there's not enough we. And I thought that was a really great example of what had me in that dark space was I felt like I had to do it all alone. Um, I was early on in, in a career, um, I was very soon after diagnosis became, you know, sole income earner for my household. Um, I was actually, uh, in an abusive, um, marriage at the time and, um, and I didn't know anyone with diabetes. And so it was a really, really, uh, dark place. And I felt like I had to struggle alone because um, I thought it would be weak, uh, you know, to not. And I had faced a lot of bullies growing up. You know, I, I um, you know, I, my emotions have always been deeper than other people. You know, um, you know, I've I've cried when a teacher's yelled at me, you know, in front of others, which is really isn't a good move. And in, in middle school. Um, you know, and, and I was very small in stature. And so, you know, weakness was something that I couldn't tolerate in my life. And so going beyond, I can do this, um, felt like death to me. Hmm. Um, and it really wasn't until later that I started realizing that I deserved more, um, and that there were others out there that could help me and I needed to, you know, get in touch with them and, you know, <laughs> exited the abusive relationship and, and moved on um, to therapy and, and then, you know, met my wife, Heather. And, you know, she saw that adventure side of me that 
I had buried long ago. You know, I used to be this adventurous guy, like my mom called me Tigger. I was bouncing off the walls all the time, but <laughs> all of that was gone. Um, but, you know, Heather just kind of looked at me and every time I said, I can't, um, she would say, you know, well, what if you did? And the power of, of going through therapy and the power of having that question, what if, um, is really what led me to the other side of diabetes. And yeah, I have bad days and, you know, I, I think it's very important to acknowledge that. And I think it's very important to allow people to sit in their bad days and, and feel that. Um, because unless we feel those days, um, we can't move through those emotions. And so, yeah, as you mentioned, I, I, I try to help people with that today through coaching. Yeah. And I think it's so important. You know, I know that there are a lot of men in the diabetes community specifically who, who follow me, follow you, and, but also are, are not as outspoken and maybe feel like they still, even though they're kind of like dipping a toe in the water of the community, feeling like sharing that vulnerability is, is too big of a jump to make. Um, and I would, I would encourage you. I, I, I echo your thoughts as well. I think for 10 years I handled diabetes on my own clinically my outcomes were fine but you know as a you know well-rounded person and emotionally or um you know just from a balance standpoint i didn't realize what i was missing out on and so you know it's not always the clinical outcomes that are are most important but the, the holistic outcomes of uh you know having someone to talk to from a therapy perspective i'm a huge advocate for therapy as medicine um, I would be in a very different place in this conversation with you right now without my therapists. And yes, I, I have two. I'm so high maintenance. I need two therapists, uh, <laughs> that, 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 you know, have gotten me through and got me, helped me unblock a lot of things out of my, uh, my own negative cycles that affect me. Uh, and you know, without their help, I would be in a different place without a doubt, uh, without the diabetes community, without having the option to have conversations like this, my life would be different. It may not look a ton different from the outside, uh, but from, you know, balance and happiness and just overall holistic wellness and health, uh, you know, I would not be the person I am today without taking that step and saying, Hey, uh, opting into the community. I have diabetes. Uh, it's hard for me, just like it's hard for you. And this is, you know, I just want to be a part of this community that we have out there. So, um, you know, props to you, man, for leading the way, not only physically in these crazy challenges that you're doing today, but also on the emotional side, because it's not like you said, uh, and, and like Dave Holmes said, as men, we kind of have these old school habits that we may not even be aware of, uh, and these internal monologues that really aren't true. Uh, but, you know, society has put those on or, uh, you know, nature, nurture, whatever the case, a combination of the two has sort of put in our way and told us that we aren't worthy of, uh, you know, getting help or, you know, aren't, uh, you know, that it is soft or it is, uh, you know, it seems weak to, you know, ask, say that you need help or, or rely on some other people to help build you up. And that's not the case. You know, nobody makes it. Uh, nobody makes it to the top without other people helping them. Nobody, you know, gets it through day to day on their own. Uh, I think that's just a, uh, you know, I, I, you, people talk a lot about toxic masculinity. And I think that's a really internally toxic trait that a lot of men struggle with. And, you know, so if you're listening to this and you feel that, uh, you feel, I think there's two guys on this line that are uh, available to chat with you about 
whatever that looks like to you and, and maybe help you through it. Yeah, no, and I like I really appreciate all that you do for the community and, and the community is really part of what helped uh, me unlock that um, fear and, and really um, build up that engagement. I mean, you look at, at some of the people out there and, you know, there's I go through these cycles of, man, I, you know, I wish I had the, the excitement and, and the joy of, of Marie Diaz and, and like Marie's my spirit animal, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And then, and then I'll hear, you know, Chris Rudin speak and I'm like, wow, you know, I wish I could be a motivable, motivational speaker, you know, like him or, or I listen to you and I'm like, man, Rob's such a powerful communicator. And the thing is, is each of these interactions um, help me realize that, you know, I am enough who I am. I don't need to be like these other people. But what I need to do is um, interact with them and, and be inspired from them and and help, you know, promote what they're doing. Because, you know, at the end, like like you said, nobody gets to the top um, without help from others. And, you know, the people that really go far are the ones that learn from others, um, that that help others. Um, that really enter into life with others. And so, you know, that's where I go, okay, well, so, you know, if, if I look at who I am as that person, uh, you know, I, I hope that, you know, whenever the length of my life, you know, comes that people look back and they say, you know, Eric was one that pursued you know, whether it pursued other people's hearts um, to help them or pursued athletic challenges or pursued knowledge or pursued, um, you know, family or, um, you know, pursued great grief in moments as well. Um, that's what I hope. And, and all of that couldn't have happened if I didn't acknowledge that I was afraid to be afraid. Hmm. That's powerful, man. And I think it's something that I've been, th I've been thinking a lot about lately and I've even integrated into some of my talks and, um, mentioned on the show, I think in week one on Rob Howe's live show, um, achievement culture and especially achievement culture within diabetes. I think we do a great job of celebrating, the amazing things that people do with diabetes, even today, like you're running 46 miles and you have diabetes and you're not letting that stop you. Um, but if you look beyond that, if you look beyond just the achievement, um, and you know, I think I'm, I'm guilty of, of playing into that as well. I, you know, is my story as valuable to some organizations if I don't have the professional basketball moniker on it? Um, you know, I think about what is the, what does the next 50 years of advocacy look like for, for me and the community? And, uh, you know, the, the pro basketball story is only a tiny part of my life. And the, honestly, there really aren't that many interesting things about it, uh, beyond the first line. And so I think of, okay, well, what does that say about achievement culture for, for everybody else? Uh, our, is our story valid if we, you know, aren't high achievers or if we aren't on the top of the mountain in our respective fields, or if we aren't, um, the, you know, the, the leaders as it were. And what I, what I'd say is that 
yeah, like absolutely your story matters 100% unequivocally, whether you are, you know, a mom getting your kids to school on time and that's the, and, and that's your win for the day. That's your mountaintop, whether it's doing something outside of the box, like what you're doing today and really stretching your yourself for no other reason than just to celebrate your life. And, you know, I think that those are things that we really need to continue to tell. Those stories are, uh, those achievements, those personal achievements, those small wins are just as important as the mountaintop, uh, you know, professional athlete, crazy, you know, Don Muchow running across the country, uh, you know, incredible achievements that people, uh, you know, take on. Uh, and so I just wanted to uh, applaud you. And, you know, one of the reasons why I expedited uh, this interview and blocked it off in, in, in my day today was uh, I thought it was so important to celebrate what you were doing on your special day uh, where you're, you're spending your birthday <laughs> doing something absolutely crazy uh, and doing it to help people and help uh, encourage them and empower them to uh, find their own 46 mile uh, journey, whatever that may be. And I just wanted to, you know, celebrate you, man, and give you a huge props and a pat on the back and let you know that I'm going to run, I'm going to get outside and run later today. Uh, and I'm going to celebrate, Hey, I'm only going to do a, a couple of miles, probably 4.6 if I'm going to, you know, look for synchronicity with you, but yeah, I'm going to get out there and celebrate you today, man. Cause, uh, this is the, the kinds of things that need to be told in the community. And I'm just glad that the community at large has made it possible for me to connect with people like you and you specifically. So I just wanted to give you mad props, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And and thank you for all you do to share everyone's story because everyone does matter. I stand on the shoulders of giants, my friend. There are, you know, incredible people that, uh, you know, just from raising my hand and saying, Hey, I have diabetes and I want to be a part of this, uh, that I've gotten to meet. So, and you are uh, definitely one of those. And uh, I'm grateful to have you here in Dallas as well at all of our Dallas meetups. I'm looking forward to the next one, man, when we can uh, safely get out in public and, uh, and gather. Cause I, uh, even though the stay at home orders are uh, kind of in flux right now in Dallas, I'm really not sure of how safe that is at this point. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. And, and, and I'll leave you with this because most people always wonder what your sugars are when you run. I've had a very nice 20 miles of a high of a 143 and a very Rob Howe low of 69. Whoa, very nice. I love it. Um, and you know, for, we're going to continue to follow you throughout the day and, uh, I'm going to get this posted literally after we hang up this call. So I just want to wish you uh, smooth sailing on the remainder of your 20 miles. Enjoy those uncrustables, uh, which sound delicious. Might have to make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch, just in solidarity with you. Um, but man, just wanted to, uh, just to celebrate you again. Happy birthday. Uh, give yourself a plug, man. Uh, this is the, at the end, where can people find you? Uh, I know we plugged your Instagram, but, uh, if they're trying to get connected with you online, where can they go? Uh, definitely chronic superhuman.com is the website and, um, Dutcherlife.com is where we have our coaching property. So, uh, come visit and, and thanks again. Well, thank you, my friend and, uh, enjoy the road out there. <laughs>